Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome one, welcome all to volume 72 of the NFC's mixtape. The greatest crossover ever attempted and successfully landed in the history of all things. This is the one-stop shop for NFC East content. You can listen to it on any of the NFC East podcast networks at SB Nation, Blog on the Boys for Dallas Cowboys content, Big Blue View for New York Giants, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, and Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders. You can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. If you do, you will see myself. I am Arjo Ochoa from Blog on the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, and he is back. BLG, I missed your bright, shining, beautiful, bearded face. That's true. I know you did. I know everyone did. Uh, shout out to Jamal for filling in well for me last week. The first episode of the NFC East mixtape that I was not on. I missed it. It definitely felt and we, strange. We actually had a contingency plan in case I missed when I had a baby. Mm, uh, that's right. But I persevered and you were the first person to fold. Pretty embarrassing. I mean, we probably could have ended up making it work if we really wanted to. I think I ended up having some time on Tuesday in Miami. It was tough, though. I was pretty busy. It was There was a lot of running around to do. Also... Not a big fan of Florida. I said this on BGN mm. Radio, um, but I'll reiterate that here. It's just, it's not my, it's not my scene, RJ. It's not my space. But there isn't any time, really, this week for any kind of BS at the top of the show talking about tacos or anything. There's, there's a lot of meat to get into. We have um, a lot of football. Okay, but of, before we, stuff, especially stuff that is not good news for the Cowboys. Well, I know I have. I'll get to it. But before we do, I want to mention um, whatever team you like, whether that's the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, or the Commanders, make sure to, first of all, check out the team site for that team at SB Nation. Read all their content, support them, follow them on social media. Make sure to subscribe to their podcast network. You obviously get lots of podcasts covering that specific team. And after you subscribe, leave a rating and write a review. Five-star rating, write whatever you want. And as BLG once coined it, give the cross-review. Go somewhere else. Go to a different team podcast network. Leave a review. Tell them how much you hate them as long as you leave a five-star rating. BLG, I had to hold this last week. We have a new review on the BTB feed if you're ready. All righty. This comes uh, to us from Stock 87 It is titled Mixtape Cross Review Dash A Plus Content. <clears throat> I've been a BGN radio listener for many years and have been a fan of many of the shows, and the mixtape is up there with the best. I couldn't help but notice some of the coincidences I shared with RJ. I have an eight-month-old boy at home, which I believe is near the age of RJ's son. We're near the same age, and I have Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner downloaded on my Spotify because that's on my favorite album of all time. Shout out to From Under the Cork Tree. I finally decided to write this review after this last crazy coincidence. My wife and I have been watching Community is a short show when we don't have time for an hour-long episode, but haven't watched an episode for a couple of months. After the mixtape episode the other day where RJ mentioned season three, episode four, I told my wife we had to watch an episode or two. Sure enough, she turns on Netflix, and what episode is next for us? Season three, episode four, remedial chaos theory. I couldn't ignore it any longer, and it's confirming a theory I've long held that RJ is a secret Eagles fan. There simply isn't any other explanation. Welcome to diseased Eagles fandom. P.S. The mixologist nickname kind of stinks. We've got to work on something else. So the Eagles fan thing is true, and that really fits with your tweets recently, praising the Eagles, which people are loving to see. Uh, 
as far as the listener named, uh, I think listeners is a stretch. I think mixologists. Listeners is is the crowd favorite. While you, that's actually happened while you were gone. We got that. We got those tweets like after the last episode you were on. We got a lot of tweets. Lots of people suggested listeners. You have to go with it at this point, dude. You have to. We can't go into the season without a name. That's by far the most popular one. Embrace it. This is the democracy. What do you think about mixers? No. <laughs> How is listeners better? Because you can't say the NFC East mixtape mixers. Like it's it's too alliterative. Like it's got to be the NFC East mixtape listeners. Like that mm. sounds cool. All right, we have too much to get into to dilly dally anymore. I officially but... crown you all the listeners. It because is I like you know how um like we do this as a show and it's content and you know it's in our schedule, but like I genuinely want to get your reaction. No, I, to, <laughs> no, I'm, like, I just look. It was all part of the process. We had to sort that. So, like, they are officially the listeners. Can you acknowledge? No, no, no. That's I'm not their, talking about that anymore. Oh. I'm not like. No, no, no. I'm saying I want to get to the football too, but we had to get through that. That was no. Part. That's fine, and I'm saying that's fine. I'm not commenting that on that part anymore. I'm just saying like trans. I'm transitioning us into the thing. I was just uh, making I, sure the name was sticking. But go ahead, set us I mean, up because I, I want to rage. I'm so upset. Go ahead. I I mean this is like you really. It's it's amazing that this ha- like of course this was going to happen exactly the way it did. Tyron Smith getting hurt in a serious kind of way, and obviously no one wants to see him hurt. That's not what like rival fans should be rooting for in terms of right. it's, you know seeing another human being hurt. Um, but like in terms of I don't want to say tempting fate, but in terms of well the Cowboys tempted fate and you specifically you but also the royal you at blogging the boys how many articles have there been this summer about like left tackle situation looking dicey no but no swing tackle i've seen like i feel like five different btb articles that are like five free agent left tackles the eagles or the, sorry the cowboys can sign um and sure enough <laughs> tyron smith gets hurt and first of all this idea that he's going to return in december i don't know if you're buying that that does not seem realistic to me at all that seems like like don't count on it if it happens, great. Um, but the Cowboys are in a really bad spot here. So this news came, um, and I know like I, I did talk about it with John Stolness on BGN Radio last sure. week. So BGN uh, listeners did get to hear some thoughts of mine, and obviously BTB listeners have. Um, this this news came a week ago on Wednesday night. So it was actually the night after um, the mixtape had had dropped on all of the podcast networks. And so, um, you know, this, this has been a thing. It has... You know, I think we had kind of had like this moment of like the, you know, when there's like a thunderstorm and the gray clouds clear and there's like a pocket of sunshine and then the storm returns. Like we had this little pocket before everything got bad again. And this was so predictable to your point. I hate that it happened. I would have loved. And I said, you know, all throughout the offseason, I think you could vouch for this. Like I would love to be wrong. I would love for Tyron Smith to play every single game. I've put it in as many, you know, funny ways as I can think of. The last time Tyron played an entire season, the Cowboys were operating at a Valley Ranch. Dak and Zeke were in college. Obama was president. Like you can go on and on and on and find a billion different ways to sort of highlight how long it's been. And they they not only ignored that, but they bet against that. They, they bet entirely against that, which was stupid. And it was stupid to not only not prepare at left tackle, they didn't prepare at all at tackle. They cut Lyle Collins and they drafted Matt Woletsko with the p- fifth round pick they got in the Amari Cooper trade. Woo, good job. And so the tweets that I have been getting now from the like super Cowboys homers, like, oh no, you're being too hard on them, blah, 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 is they planned for this. They drafted Tyler Smith. This this was the contingency plan. It was not. Because if, if it was, he would not have gotten work exclusively at left guard all throughout camp, 
all throughout the preseason. This would still be really bad and really stupid and embarrassing, even if Tyler Smith had gotten some work at left tackle throughout camp in the preseason. But it was almost as if like at every turn they were like, um, you know, the episode of, of The Office where Jim is like describing the mouse and how it like walks with like some some arrogance like they were they were like taunting this you know what i mean they, they were like 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 poking this bear like come on injury bug bite us we dare you and it did and, and it did and they have absolutely no plan and now they're not going to go after anybody because they do not want to have to admit that they were wrong a lot of cowboys fans are like go sign eric fisher go sign brian balaga trade for andrew Whitworth Russ. there's there's no way because if they do that it's an admission that they were completely and totally wrong we're recording this today uh, actually on tuesday evening we waited till after 53 man rosters were, were initially decided upon and earlier today jerry jones went on 105 through the fan the home of the cowboys and and con not confirmed but he said that tyler smith has a high ankle sprain so tyler smith has you know i didn't see that Jeez. yeah he, he's a rookie in the nfl he has gotten work only at guard since june um uh, he is coming off of a high ankle sprain and now has to go play left tackle in the NFL. And when he doesn't, and this is the frustrating part, it won't be, I think, the educated fan, but so many people are in, I think you'll do this in a trolley way. So many people will blame Dak Prescott. So many people will blame Mike McCarthy. People will blame Tyler Smith. Like if and when Tyler Smith fails, this isn't his fault. Like he's being totally set up to fail. And the last bit of like thing I'll add to this is the, all they have done is just like try to hope this into like, existence they have said well you know it was six years ago when when tony romo went down to injury and, and we didn't know what to do but dak prescott came in yeah he saved you you tripped and, and completely everything good that has happened to them has been a complete and total accident i love micah parsons and for the record i would not undo that for rashawn slater but that should not have worked out the way it did they, they took an off the ball linebacker with what was effectively a top 10 pick like in in theory that is an incorrect way to build your team it happened to turn out that he is also this amazing pass rusher hybrid unicorn whatever you want to call him so mm -hmm. i mean nothing that they plan goes according to plan or works out in any way shape or form yeah it's like you know if you jumped off a building with a backpack that like you didn't know how to parachute in it, but somehow it did and you landed and you were fine. doesn't mean like it's a good idea to do yeah. it again. You know, like, it's not, it's not a good, it's results over process. Um, and I just want to highlight here as I did on BGN radio, and I'm sure you know this and Cowboys fans know this, but for those who maybe don't and other NFC East fans, Cowboys with Tyron Smith since 2016, which is the year he started to like uh, kind of miss games consistently 41 and 24. 0.631 winning percentage. And without him, they're a game over 500 at 17 and 15. It's a big difference. It's a huge loss for them. Uh, Tyler Smith, too, like, I, I, he might have long-term potential, and I, you can, I can buy that. But you're talking about a 21-year-old, like, like, especially young player, young man, like, who hasn't, like, fully even developed, I feel like, as a human, like, playing left tackle, and a guy who had like a bunch of penalty issues and playing in the AAC. They're not, we're not talking about like an yeah, like, lineman right. here. The A Tulsa AAC. Like that is a dicey prop. And again, one who hasn't, I know he's played left tackle, but hasn't even been taking the reps there in camp. Like that is a, that's a very dicey uh, proposition to just stick him out there and, and think, I mean, maybe he'll even hold his own, even in the best case scenario, realistic best case scenario, it's still a significant drop off from like, even if he plays, way above where people think he can it's still a drop-off it's it's been a really surreal 
I mean, it hasn't even been a week. Um, the morning, so this news actually broke like at midnight central. Time. I remember. I woke um, up first thing Thursday morning and had to write an article well, so, about it. So I was still awake. My wife and I had watched Big Brother. I was all excited to go, like, just kind of read some articles and, you know, kind of play around on my iPad. And this breaks. And I'm like, oh. You know, so like I, yeah, I, I just like kind of snap myself up, throw on, a, you know, kind of like throw my face together, whatever, shoot a, a YouTube video, get a podcast recorded, blah, blah, blah. And the next morning, first take is at the star. And like, I don't want to be the person that like says first take sucks, but first take sucks. Like, and so like, if you, if you watch that show and you enjoy it, like, I'm happy that you find enjoyment that way in life, whatever. Um, but it was really surreal. Like, you know, this like, kind of like, you know, what like fictitious show is at the star and they're all like there's all these people like just kind of yeah go cowboys how about them cowboys and jerry jones is on there like i'm not a wrestling fan but going like full wwe like Stephen a you're a fraud and it was just like it was it was very surreal like i can't really recall a, a, a time or window that felt that way uh from the cowboys perspective and and then you know later that night Thursday night, the Cowboys held their like own miniature version of NFL honors and they're walking the like blue carpet, like shaking hands and kissing babies. And it was like, it was like the season just took a massive hit, you know, like it it was a really strange kind of experience. And so that they just, they refuse to live in reality. And, And I don't know. I really don't know what my theory is. Like, I don't know. I don't buy like that. They don't care about winning. I don't buy that. They're trying to tank for Sean Payton. Um, I would encourage everybody to go read what Bob Sturm wrote in The Athletic. He wrote what I thought was the, the best article of the offseason. So, I mean, if you still qualify, this is the offseason. It was incredible, um, and it really kind of encapsulated how the Cowboys got here. They have purposefully, Brandon, gotten worse at receiver, gotten worse at tackle, gotten worse at edge rusher. I know they drafted, and, like, people say, like, well, you know, they they spent two draft picks at tackle. They spent a fifth-round pick. Like, you know, like, like, miss me with this. It's so stupid. And so – I. I mean, I know like betting lines haven't altered, betting lines haven't changed much, blah, blah, blah. I just, I have a hard time seeing how this works. I mean, it, it on paper seems very, very, very shaky. The Cowboys are completely and totally banking on, on the fact that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division and that he's just going to lift them because they want him to. It, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it. I greatly admire Howie Roseman. I admire right. how, how the Eagles are never satisfied, how the Eagles are constantly saying, how can we improve? And I admire that the Eagles are saying Jalen Hurts is, is not that good. We can all admit it. We can all see it. We haven't really found a way to completely and totally improve that specific position. But what can we do in the meantime? We can do everything that we can to possibly help him, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And in a weird way, I'm fascinated about like seeing what strategy is better. I mean, I don't think this is a strategy like what the Cowboys are doing, but it would be kind of funny if it's just, you know, and I, I told Jamal this last week, if the one of 53 can can lead a team more than the 52 of 53, so to speak. Um, so I am interested in that just as like a social experiment. But I mean, this is, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say they're the most unorganized front office in the NFL right now. Hmm. Um, I have a couple things. Uh, first of all, yeah, it is really tough for Cowboys fans, I imagine, like the juxt- not even trying to troll or needle, but like the juxtaposition of like, Oh, our team only got worse, and the Eagles are out here trading for Chauncey Gardner Johnson, like who, and no one even knew was necessarily available. Um, so yeah, that has to hurt. Uh, I did want to note really quick that Adam Schefter had tweeted today that uh, after the Eagles released La Raven, did I say released? Yeah, released La Raven. Tongue twister a little bit there. Um, I almost said Relaven. Uh, so LaRaven Clark, Cowboys offensive line coach, Joe Philbin helped draft Clark in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. 
I hate so, this so much. Like I hate yeah. this. It's like who who do we know? He, Who's like who who have we worked with in the past? I hate he that. Was so forever. bad. RJ in practices that like the Eagles had like some really bad days. Like they couldn't even like run the offense in practice because like the left tackle just kept getting blown up. So that's probably not the best option. So my questions for you, I guess, are what do you think they should do in terms of should they add anyone? Should they trade for someone? And not like thinking what they will do necessarily, but what they should do. Um, and then oh, I guess what, what, what do you think they're going to, are they just going to reconfigure the line? Are they going to add someone like, I know you're, we, we, we kind of went through like the emotion of all of it and the frustration. Right. And I get that. But like, what is now the practical path forward for the Cowboys? Is what I'm so it's been, it's been almost a week and they haven't brought in anybody. Right. And I, I don't think the Cowboys are like alone in that. I think and no NFL team wants to admit their failures, right. Or their mistakes, unless it's like, you know, DEFCON one, um, like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. Vikings need something. Let's it happens to involve the Eagles, but like, let's trade for Sam Bradford. I, I mean, this is that kind of thing. Um, but, I think a lot of NFL teams would would follow suit and, and say, how can we promote from within? And so the problem with I I do think that this is one of the best solutions is to move Tyler Smith out. It's not a good solution, but of the available ones, it's it is among the best. So you move him out. Connor McGovern was supposed to serve as your point of interior depth. Now he starts at left guard. That's that's probably what they're gonna do. That's kind of how they're talking. Another option, you know, that people have thrown out, this is outside of adding anybody, is you kick Terrence Steele out, who's their current right tackle, uh, to left tackle. He was their swing tackle previously. You move Zach Martin over to right tackle. He doesn't want to do that, uh, but he's played right tackle before. A lot of people said, you know, play Zach at left tackle. If you're going to move people around, you might as well do it. And then you, you keep Tyler at left guard in either one of those scenarios, and you, you kick McGovern over to right guard where Zach Martin is. I, I think the easiest solution that makes the most sense is adding somebody, but I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, you Ooh, know, who's out there that like, I know it's the, not, there aren't great the, options, but is there anyone? The, the names we've, we've talked about a lot are Eric Fisher, Brian Balaga, Marcus Cannon, Isaiah Wynn has been a trade target Jason that's Peters. been talked about a lot. Jason Peter. And, and like, you know, I don't, this is not a good situation, but like Jason Peters was never going to sign to be your, your swing tackle. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. So, but that's, that's where you said this earlier, but like, that's where this, like, he's going to return in December. Dude, give it up. Like you, you got to let it go at this point. You have to assume he's gone you, and yeah. he might, you have to assume he's retired at this point. Um, right. and, and so like bring Jason Peters and let him be your left tackle. I mean, I, I don't know that I believe the Cowboys were really interested in Chuma Adoga, the, the Jets tackle. Who got cut. Um, but he got cut, but there was a report from Aaron Wilson that they were interested on Monday. Um, and the idea behind that was so silly because the moment Makai Becton got hurt, granted, this is the right side of their line. They were like, oh, this dude sucks. Like, <laughs> let's let's go get yeah. Dwayne Brown. I mean, so that but but that's going to be they're going to add somebody, but it's going to be somebody to be a point of depth, to be a swing tackle. They're not going to bring anybody that can seriously, you know, dwarf you know, uh, Tyler Smith, as far as competition is concerned, but I would love Eric Fisher trade for Andrew Whitworth's rights. That was obviously mm. a thing last week. He can say all he wants about semantics and how he didn't say you, you yeah, heard the clip. I heard it. You, yeah. I mean, he, he intimated what he did, but that's fine. Um, I think that's the best option. And if you don't do that, you're kidding yourself. I mean, you, you are kidding yourself and you are just hoping, I mean, name, name, name any time a rookie, I mean, Tristan Wirfs is maybe an example of a tackle coming in right away, but like there was so much stability around that team that it's a little bit different. I mean, like name a rookie left tackle that has ever been amazing. You you can't. Yeah, Wirfs too. Also, like that was like a loaded offensive tackle year. Like it was like right. that was the perception. He played at Iowa, which is like a you know a offensive right, line like, factory and yeah. from college. Like there's know, a lot of pedigree there, right? Yeah, and he was he's also the 13th overall pick, a little bit higher, you know, than Tyler Smith. So um you know also he had uh 
the quarterback who like throws the ball the quickest in the league to help him out. He's not holding on to the ball uh, a ton. So yeah. Um, I also, there's, uh, there's probably not so much maybe on your radar. Maybe uh, a lot of Eagles fans were like, should the Eagles trade Andre Dillard to the Cowboys? And yeah, obviously, but the, why would the Cowboys do that trade? Like why would, why would the Cowboys be like, why? Oh yeah. You're comfortable with trading your backup left tackle. Yeah. We'll take that on. Like clearly if the Eagles are trading him, they don't believe in him very much. Uh, so I don't well, think that's going to happen. And, and clearly like, uh, you know, what a lot of people have posited is with regards to today, like just, just wait till after 53 man roster cuts. Like there's, there's going to be tackles on the market. You're right. The plan to save the Cowboys here should be uh, any dude that another team doesn't want on their right. team. That that's, that's totally going to fix this. Like that's, right. that's the, that the like, best way to go about it. Like and teams like, are just loaded with tackles and they're just going to cut some right. good ones. I know that we didn't talk about this last week, so I, I don't want to spend a, like all of the time on this. Cause obviously it's a, a week old, but what I will say is like, I would almost be willing to think about forgiving them and, and for, you know, giving them the pass for the way they're handling this. If they didn't have the third most salary cap space in the NFL right now, like what, what have you been hoarding all this for? Like what, what was the reason to cut Lyle and to trade Amari? Like what were you creating the salary cap space for? And something I've said, and we'll come back to this is something has to happen. Either that salary cap space has to be spent now or CD lamb and Trayvon Diggs both have to get market setting deals in the off season. And I'm not saying that if that happens like, Oh, Super Bowl, we've won, but all of this has to go somewhere. And Stephen Jones has, has said, you know, that, oh, we're, we're saving it. We never know what's going to happen. If we have to add a player, you're not doing that. He has said, we got to save up. We got some young players that are going to be eligible for new deals next year. So if you do not give CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs both these massive market setting deals, I mean, it was clearly all just just fluff. It was clearly all just lame. And I can tell you what's going to happen, though. In the offseason, he's going to pit them against one another. Well, you know, we can't we can't make, you know, two guys the highest paid player at their position, you know, in the same offseason. You know, we need everybody to understand the overall goal. You got to help each other. You got to help us all out. We want to feel the roster that can compete for world championships. The National Football League is a competitive business, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I, I just I really it's my last like kind of point here. I cannot think of a time. And Jerry admitted this himself, actually, uh, on the fan. I cannot think of a time where Cowboys, like the nucleus of Cowboys fans, at least the one that I live in, was so apathetic. Like I like their charm, their like wizardry is is meaningless now. Like they've been able to kind of like, you know, you know, be charismatic through some some funk in the past, but like not anymore. Nobody cares. Like people are only rolling their eyes at the Joneses. Yeah, I mean, if they start winning in the season, you know, you're going to buy some of that favor back. But yeah, for now, I get the frustration. Um, anything else with the Cowboys that like we need to get to? Um, the Tyler Smith high ankle thing uh, was important. And yeah, like, well, Jared, what's that about? Is he going to miss time? <laughs> like, I didn't even see that anywhere. He Is didn't it just, get like, a nagging it, thing. It would have been ideal if he had had the opportunity to play a tackle just at all in the preseason finale, but he missed that game due to injury. Now, they were very, you know, optimistic about it. And actually, on Monday, Steven said that he'd been given the green light to practice. But you know how high ankle sprains can be. They can linger, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's just kind of all we know right now. Of course, we know this because the owner, president, general manager went on one of his two weekly radio appearances and told the whole world. Uh, now, I'm not like... I don't subscribe to the like, what are you doing? Telling your opponents, your, your like strategies and you're like, yeah, whatever, like it's, it's injuries. Um, but I mean, this is, this is a circus. I mean, it, it really and truly and totally is a circus. So it's just like, Oh, this was, this was the elephants. Like next up is the tigers. Like after that is the monkeys. Like it's all just a show, man. And I, I know you don't, I feel for Mike McCarthy. 
Dak, I feel for Dak. Don't get me wrong, but Dak is his job is safe. I feel for Mike McCarthy because he's going to be painted as this like this this doofus. Like he, he's going to be painted as this like guy who had no you know like intelligence, no whatever was just this like dunce that that you know failed. And I'm not saying I think he's a great coach, but I think you would agree that nobody could survive all of this. Like they, I don't know that it's for Sean Payton, but they are truly and totally almost intentionally sabotaging him. All right. Well, we've gone at least 20 minutes on the Cowboys, so I don't even. All right. I admire the Philadelphia Eagles. I do. I, 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 I hate to say it. I think that they are the scum of the earth, but I admire and like. Man, dude, when I was tweeting about this, I got all these cowboys saying, go cover the Eagles, Dan. Just, just go go talk about filthy. The, go go be with the Eagles and their fans. Yeah, like scum of the earth. I'm with you. The city's stupid. They worship a you know fictional superhero sports icon, whatever. It's all dumb. It's all silly. But you know what? They understand how this game works. And I got all these people that were like, what success have the Eagles had as of late that makes them so much better than the Cowboys? I don't know. They won the Super Bowl five years ago. They've been to the playoffs for the last Wait, five you years. Say? Your connection, the connection cut out for a second there. Anyway, they've, they've been to the playoffs for the last five <laughs> years. They've done that with different head coaches, different quarterbacks. I mean, different, you know, stars all over the place. They, they have the right kind of leaders that understand and embody the culture of the city. Again, I think it's dumb, but they do. Like, they rally around one another. They are, if you're a fan of, like, sports movies and crap like that, I mean, I am too, like, the, the Eagles are your team. Like, they get it, and it's so stupid, and it pisses me off that my team has is worth $8 billion, and they can't even buy the logic that the Eagles have. Are the Eagles? Howie is king. Are the Eagles, one simple question for you, are the Eagles the team to beat in the NFC East right now? I really, like, I'm not trying to, like, ride the fence. I really am not. I, I mean that, like. Got to give me an answer. I don't think so. because It's they not a leading the, question. It's your no, opinion. No, but I just want to know. I don't think so. And the only reason I don't is because of Dak Prescott. I, I mean, we've seen him thrive, at least statistically, you know, in, in chaos. And so I, I need to see this. I need to see it to understand, to be able to make that conclusion. So like, mm-hmm. this is an answer that will change right now. I lean Cowboys be, and it's only because of it's, it's Dak and like by residual it's, it's the superstars. It's the top heaviness, Dak, CD, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Can they resuscitate the rest of the crap that's around them? I don't know. Probably not, but I, I, I lean there because they've done it before. But like, let's, okay. So you think the Cowboys are at the top, let's say, you know, like, let's put a percentage on it. Like, they're the team to be, they're at, so they're at least at 51% because you think they're the majority, they're the favorite, whatever. Um, what would you put the Cowboys at at the end of, like, last season? Like, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like, where they were to where they is now. Like, how much has that gap shrunk for you is what basically what I'm trying to ask. I'll look at it like a pie. Shout out to Stephen Jones. I think, obviously, so, like, but in, when you win the East, you have 100% of the pie, right? So, mm-hmm. like, when the season ended, I think the Cowboys probably had, like, an 80% share of the pie i think that's down to like 60 percent, and the pie mm-hmm. being like your chances or opportunity to win yep. the nfc east i would give the eagles 30 but like i think any reigning division champion right now is at like an easy 80 but the cowboys are the only one maybe the titans although the titans sure. is, is really different just because that division so bad uh they're the new nfc least but i'd see i'd say dallas is at 60 i'd say philly's at like 35 and mm-hmm. i would say that washington and new york split the other two and a half or the other five percent at two and a half each Okay. Yeah. I think the gap's probably closer than that. I think, I mean, you know, I'm going to be accused of being biased and a homer, but the Eagles really are. I mean, just in terms of the way things are trending, the vibes, I agree that quarterback is a big deal, but I also think that in this situation, 
where the, the roster, like at least on paper, is really kind of loaded like that. Like that's that's also a big deal. This is not like a normal kind of like average. This is like a you had Chauncey Gardner Johnson to this roster. Like that's that's a big deal. You um, had all the dudes they've added, and like AJ Brown. The, yeah. The other the other thing is like like we say like teams of the past have nothing to do with the current teams and who they are but like to use this rivalry as an example all these cowboys fans like i'll take Dak over the eagles any day you're right the eagles have no history of winning i don't know the super bowl against i don't know the the best quarterback of all time because i don't know they had a great overall roster and team to play the game from a team standpoint like they've literally done this before and, and the architect who put that together, not to take any credit away from Doug Peterson, uh, but the, the architect is doing it again. Like th this is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is like 2017-ish from a template standpoint. Similar. Yeah, I would say arguably better because a lot of the guys that they added then were like kind of, you know, like Chris Long at the end of his career. Yeah. And like uh, nobody actually, really knew what Alshon was. They were some, they were more question marky, right? That's fair. Question marky. Yeah. This is like AJ Brown in his prime. Chauncey right. Gunner Johnson in his prime. Right. Kaiser White. Like these are like, you know, players who and I think that's part of the key mm. thing here and why it's an interesting kind of thing where I do think the Eagles are all in right now. Absolutely. By their actions. But they're also not all in in a way where like they're trying to go in with older players. Like they're, they're also trying. It's a situation kind of like you were touching on earlier where I think obviously they're trying to make a run at this. They're hoping Hertz is the guy. But they're also, I think, knowing and putting themselves in a situation where they think maybe they can be like the Broncos ish better better version but like you know in, in the sense that hey maybe we can lure a really good quarterback if one becomes available and they'll sure. want to come here because it's like everything else is in place just need the quarterback yeah what if lamar's available next year what if two is available next year <laughs> well, that I would mean, be that, a whole it, thing. Would, it would be awesome if two replaced jalen hurts um in the nfl Tua did look good when i was in miami by the way i know i know you I'm were stocked up that. on Tua. Um, yeah but i disagree that they're all in but hear me out because i don't think they're ever out like, I think they live inside. I remember thinking after Chip Kelly got fired, just from like a Cowboys fan standpoint, I remember thinking like, oh man, they're ruined. Like, like the, it's going to take the Eagles like a decade to get out of this. Who, who does it take a decade? And it's this isn't like just an Eagles thing, but like, who does it take a decade to get out of anything anymore? Except for the Cowboys, right? Like the Cowboys are like, we have to rebuild the offensive line. It's going to take a decade. We have to give Jason Garrett a whole decade to, to kind of figure this out. No, like the Eagles the year after were like showing signs of promise. Two years later, they win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It can happen instantly if you live. I mean, like, I think, have you ever played Texas Hold'em? Yeah. Okay, so, like, I think the Cowboys are afraid of being the big blind. When the big blind comes around, they're like, we have to store up all of our chips because the big blind's coming, and we have to be able to, we have to, be able to fold our, our cards when the big blind comes around. But Howie's like, okay, like, when, right before the big blind comes, I'll just go all in. Like, and I know I said they're not all in, but I'll just pick up more chips or I'll just go, like, buy more chips. I'll just find a way to get more chips so I can survive the big blind. Like, and, and what I admire is, like, pe people say that, like, the Eagles are a failure, like Cowboys fans do, because they haven't won another Super Bowl. Again, they dismissed the one. Um, but, like, they're always close. Like, they're, they're always within arm's reach. Like, who has been as, like, approximately close as they have been for five years running? The Rams? Right, the the Patriots before Tom Brady left, 49ers, the Chiefs, the 49. Okay, but like we're talking, it's maybe like five, six teams, and the Eagles are in there, and they've changed quarterbacks, they've changed head coaches. That's not true as far as a coach standpoint from the Niners. That's not true with the Rams. It's not true with the Patriots. It's not true with the Chiefs. I mean, like that's a hard thing to do. I know there was the year of doubt, but I think that Howie and, and even my boy Nick Sirianni, they've kind of you know to this point of the process, you know they're they're owed some apologies from my friend Brandon. 
No, I mean, it's a big year for Sirianni, like, you know, and Gannon, Jonathan Gannon specifically, too, who, like, now you have, again, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, in addition to adding Kaiser White and Hassan Reddick and, like, all, and Jordan Davis and the Kobe D. Like, there's no excuse for this. If this defense is, like, anything less than average, like, that's a giant failure. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, like, what are you, what are you doing as a defensive coordinator? Like, you couldn't get more out of this talent. Um, It's a lot of pressure on him, a lot of pressure on Sirianni. I think Howie's done a great job recently. He's built up this roster from tearing it down, which was an issue. But I think he has the team absolutely trending in the right direction. It's been a great offseason for him. Still have to get the quarterback position right because that's the make or break thing. If that's wrong, well, then that's kind of a deal breaker. But so uh, look, I do not mean to like cape for the people that I'm about to cape for. But I think Howie was dealt a similar hand to the Colts when Andrew Luck retired. Like the, the body that is the Eagles became infected. It did, right? Like it, it, like one of the, like an important part of the body, like a limb became infected by Carson Wentz, right? Like with his arrogance and selfishness. Yeah, but and, they also and, enabled a lot of that. And sure, that part of like, that is Howie. Right. They ate poorly, whatever that led, but like the body became infected. So what did he do? He cut it off, right? He was like, okay, look. And so like there was a healing process, right? Like the way the Colts like healed, you know, again, different things like it's not apples to apples, but like he, he has survived it. Like most people would not. And I don't mean he survived it. Like he literally just has a job, but like the Eagles look really good. It's difficult to to see them being bad this year. Like it, it really is. I mean, the 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 favorable things that exist for the Cowboys outside of the superstars, like I said, Dak, Micah, CD, Trayvon, and if you want to throw Demarcus Lawrence in there, whatever. But um, exists for the Eagles. They get to play the NFC East. They get four. You know, say even if you think the Cowboys games are hard, they get four games against the you know the rest of the division. They get the AFC South. I'm not afraid of them for for the Cowboys or the Eagles. Who is their AFC team? The um, Steelers, right? The, yeah. Oh, they, oh, did you know they used to be one team to go? They were called the Steagles. Oh, you God. love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so they get the Steelers. They get the um, the Bears and the Lions. They get the Saints. They get the Cardinals. The Fraudinals. I mean, like they they. Like it's it all shapes up. I I think as you were talking, and it's ironic that this hap- that I'm making this case on the Chauncey day. Like they are the Saints after the 2017 draft. If the Saints kept going, the Saints with that draft class bought a window of time, right? Like that incredible draft class with Marcus Williams and Kamara and Ramchick and stuff like that. But they just they kind of Cowboys did up. Right, like they kind of settled. Like, who did the Saints add after that? Malcolm you Jenkins. Lattimore, who was like the best. Oh, right, right. But, yes, Sorry. Yeah. but like they added Malcolm Jenkins when he was available. Like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Like, like they 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 captured something special and then did they just coasted off of that. There's no coasting that happens with the Eagles. They are you've seen the movie Miracle about the um US hockey team. They're that scene where he, where Coach Brooks is like, again, 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 another trade, another free agent, another one, another one, another one, because it's never enough. I respect that. Yeah, and again, I've said, I think Howie does his best work when he's doubted, and I think he's taken the criticism personally, and good. And also, again, a reason why maybe we shouldn't always just, like, be, like, praising him and not criticizing him ever. Like, I, I'm, it's part of that's, like, a bit, and I'm kidding, but at the same time, like, I'm serious. Like, he does good work, I think. I think some people are motivated by that. Some people sure. are motivated by, by proving people, and he's been really good at that. So I am always skeptical of like giving him credit too much. To I mean, obviously you want to give him some credit, but I don't want to be like Howie is like earned all. Uh, he, you don't want to doubt him at all, and Howie we trust. No, like, yeah, he's we, not. We he's not infallible. No, I like I don't. I don't want to get there with him because I don't think that's. Because I think that's a spot he's been weak at. I think once he gets into that position. Like, oh, how he does no wrong. He, he aces it. No, he gets into a point where there's hubris. And I think he kind of um, 
gets to a point where he isn't fully honest with himself and the team isn't fully honest with themselves. And to kind of what you're talking about, the Eagles, after winning the Super Bowl, they kind of didn't really, like, you know, step on the gas full throttle right. and do some of the things they're doing now. I think they were like, we like our guys. We have a core. We don't need to oh. continue to add pieces. Yeah, it's kind of like where the Cowboys are do now. You, do you know, honestly, that that's Steven's, like, like a, as a trope? Like, Steven yeah. says that all. Okay, I didn't know if you knew that or not. Teams, NFL teams, no – no one likes to lie to themselves more. <laughs> they are all convinced. Like, doesn't matter how bad they are, that they're always handling everything right, that everything is great, that our players are always better uh, than ever, anyone else realizes. It's it's really the delusion. And obviously, there's a fine line there because you have to have some level of confidence and believe in your own guys to some extent. But there also has to be, you know, like a reality check. And it seems like the Cowboys don't have that. And I think the Eagles got one in 2020. I think that was a big reality check for them, and it served them well since. I think I told you um, after the Cowboys opening press conference in Oxnard, Jerry, this was like I think I said at the time, it was like really applicable to life. He said one of his greatest weaknesses is he only lives like in the positive outcomes of his life. Like he, he will just straight up like pretend negative experiences didn't happen. And that's, you know, again, like I, you know, I don't admire that, but like, I respect that. Like, you know, I respect some people just kind of choose to live that way. Again, talking about life as a whole, but pain is a, is a learning experience. Like pain is a learning. So I think I told you then, um, Tony Dungy's son, I read in his book a long time ago, um, literally does not feel pain. Like that's, I don't know what, like, what, like the, that symptom is, but there's something within his nervous system that doesn't feel pain. And so like, when I first like was reading that chapter, I was like, oh wow, that's sick. And then like, I I continued, because I was a kid and I remember, you know, I was reading and he was like, this is really dangerous because like his hand could be on fire. He could break a a leg and and he would just not know. And so like, you need that. And I I think that Howie and the Eagles as a whole learned from that. I'm interested to see if Doug Peterson learned from that. Um, but, but the Cowboys have not, and, and because they, they have no consequences if they fail, like if the Cowboys fail, so what, like their, their jobs aren't in jeopardy. Mike McCarthy's is, but so what he failed, we'll get somebody else in They're They're the first NFL team to be worth six, seven, eight billion dollars. Like they are succeeding in, in lots of other ways that are, you that know, no one cares about, right. But that are fooling them into thinking like, um, Charles Robinson, who I, I know you're a fan of too. Um, he said this on his podcast, uh, I think it was uh, earlier this week, maybe late last week, everything's blended together. But the problem, and a lot of people have said this too, the problem with the Cowboys is they think that. They think they are a world-class organization. They believe they they have it understood. And I think to your point, Howie has let go of that. He no, he no longer thinks that about himself. And that's when, I think, like call that being underrated or doubted or whatever, like that's when Howie does his best work. When he's when he's like nervous, when he's looking over his shoulder, when he's trying to prove himself. And I think we've seen that manifest itself. I'm very, very interested to see this team. I'm also very like, you know, sad because I think it's not going to go well. But I really am interested to see this experiment of like the the one of 53 versus the 52. Uh, why don't we stop talking about the Eagles and move into the other teams? Um, we okay. Take a break first. Uh, the break is happening now. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey! 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back from the break. Um, Brandon uh, has still yet to pay up on his push-up challenge. Mm. Um, I actually just spoke very kindly about the Eagles for a long time, which was my that is part true. Of the challenge. Uh, so you kind of just lost here because you, you still have to do it. But I uh, didn't lose. So the listeners have lost because you were the one who was supposed to do it. I mean, um, I didn't say I was going to do it right away. And also, I haven't been around. <laughs> I've been traveling. I had to go to Cleveland, RJ. I had to go to Miami to cover the practices. So, and then, you know, you come back, there's a preseason game, there's cuts, it's life spin. And I know you can relate you're in the same boat getting pulled in a lot of different directions there's a lot of season for the listeners here the listeners in your case uh there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes as with any job that kind of like maybe you don't always uh you know obviously you're not going to be privy to um but uh i mean we like our jobs it's not a complaint it's just like sometimes right. you know we're uh we're a little stressed and a little tired on the subject of our jobs um i'll just say this we're, we can't like fully say what's happening but starting mm. next week there is something cool that if you're wow. a fan of Brandon or a fan of RJ or specifically a fan of Brandon and RJ, you might like. Mm. I mean, so we'll see. But um, all right. Uh, Washington Commanders, catch us up. By the way, I'm just telling you this for like our purposes. I have like 15 minutes. Maybe. Okay. So we well, need to like, I mean, step on the gas. We don't have a ton on, I think, the final two teams. Sorry, Commanders fans and sorry, uh, Giants fans out there. But I mean, the biggest thing on the commanders, obviously, is Brian Robinson got freaking shot. Like, what Dude. the heck, man? That's crazy. I feel so bad. Like, that's awful. I, I, that's terrible. That's so it's so sad. And it was nice to see him back at the facility today. There's a picture I put that in the in our doc that we have there, RJ. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's on crutches. He has like a wrap around his leg. He's smiling. He's holding a bag of Oreos. Do you know I'm, why he has the Oreos? I don't. He um he like fulfilled his like you got to bring the snacks rookie okay. thing so it was like a cool you know story yeah. like respect that was really cool and funny um yeah dude that was really wild actually uh, Jamal we talked about Antonio Gibson and like Brian you know kind of like supplanting him and like that mm-hmm. obviously was where things were trending and like I don't even know I don't even feel right like talking about you know like his football standing I mean I recognize his return that's a to the field yeah right but like I'm just. I'm happy that he is. I'm very happy that he is like seemingly in in good health and he's seemingly on on the path to recovery. That is certainly great news. I don't think the the suspects have been apprehended yet, and I, I certainly hope that that happens. Um, but I mean, what a you know what a crazy story. And I this is where and I, I this is not about football, but like this is where Ron Rivera I think is a perfect human being. I hate to even call it a coach. Like he he completely and totally understood in that moment from all the like public things that were that were you know were just revealed. Like that it was in no way about football. Let's just go be there for Brian. Let's take care of him. Let's show him our love. Let's show him how, how we're a family. Like kudos to Ron Rivera and to the commanders organization. Jason Wright and everybody, I think they understood the, the proper way to support him. For as much as there's been a lot of stuff going on with the commanders off the field, I mean again to ron rivera's credit like how much can you really say has gone on in terms of like you know there being a fight in the lock you know or like a just the um divide in the locker room like that hasn't really happened like rivera knows that's what i think we talk about like when he's like adult in the room knows how to uh run a team 
Now, obviously, again, there's been weird stuff happening at a higher level of the organization, but that's kind of out of his control. <laughs> a lot of Dan Snyder issues there. Um, so, yeah, they deserve credit for that. Robinson, I mean, to, to talk about the football of it, like, it's a big deal. Like, he was looking good. He's going to be their top running back. We all know, I think, you know, like, Carson Wentz isn't going to be carrying this team with his arm by himself, like, last year with the Colts. Whatever kind of success that he did have, it was greatly aided by having Jonathan Taylor. So uh, to be missing a, uh, and I, again, I, have, I haven't seen any kind of timeline. I don't even, I don't even know. Like, do they have a well, timeline? They, they did carry him on the fifty-three. Just okay. to be clear, like today is, is fifty-three, and the and just I, well, you've said this. I'm sure you've said it a billion times. Be these are initial fifty-three man rosters. Like, yeah. These are going to change. Like you know, whatever. He can um, go on IR as soon as four right. PM on Wednesday, and then they can bring him back after four weeks because he can't right, go but, on pup or whatever. He, right, but my my point is they chose to do that as opposed to placing him on IR prior to the fifty-three man. And maybe you could yeah, argue like it, it was yeah, like maybe you could argue it was close enough that like you know you might as well do that. But they clearly feel like it's at least possible that he could return. Right. But yeah, I mean, um, just. And like, again, I, I feel silly, like saying, well, like, how did this change, you know, Antonio Gibson? Like, that was something, like I said, Jamal talked about, he was being used on returns. Like, so is Antonio Gibson now they're like running back? And like, I don't think Antonio Gibson's like upset about this. You know what I mean? It's just an unfortunate thing that happened. And again, thank goodness he's okay. Uh, and the people he was with are okay, I believe. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I similarly am very interested to see how, like, how soon or how bo or badly or poorly Carson sinks, like, or if he swims, like, cause th there's, there's no more hiding for Carson, right? There's no more hiding under Frank Reich or with this or with that or whatever. Like you are totally and completely exposed. Are you an elite quarterback or, or was 2017 just some magical year of your, your football life? Like, this is it. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see that at the very least. I think it's interesting. The, the teams, the three teams we've talked about so far, like, there's been a theme, I feel like, throughout this. The first theme, and the theme is like, of course that happened. Like with the Cowboys, of course Tyron Smith got hurt. There was all this consternation about the, the, the tackle situation. So, of course that happened. With the Eagles, of course they traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That's exactly the kind of move that Howie makes. Like a good, solid, you know, and, and on it, like a, it didn't even really get into the value of the trade. Like it's, such a, it's a steal. They, they traded a fifth this, this year, 2023. And, and a conditional a, sixth, right? No, it's it's a six. It's a le it's the less favorable somehow right, right. of the two picks they have in the sixth round. They got a sixth round pick when, when they traded Ugo Amadi, who they had gotten in return for uh, JJ Arthur Whiteside from the Seahawks. And also, as if that wasn't like uh, cheap enough, they actually got some value in return too. The Saints traded their twenty twenty five seventh round pick to the Eagles. So what a steal! And also, like. Let's be clear here. The Saints secondary is stacked even more than I realized. Like, it's look at it. It's loaded. They have, you know, Honey Badger, um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, they have Paulson Debo, who I like a lot. They have Bradley Roby as like a backup. They have PG, like their, their roster is like Marcus. They signed Marcus May. I forgot. He like they, they have a lot of talent there, but you can't deny that they are at a worse team this season without Santi ah, Gardner Johnson, right? Compared to like draft picks that aren't playing uh, this year. And like the Eagles own the Saints first round pick and it's like they only made the team worse. But anyway, getting back to my theme of it all, like not surprising for the Cowboys, not surprising for the Eagles. I don't want to say someone getting shot is like expected to happen. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like what did a bad thing, a bad vibe thing happen with the commanders? Who could have who could have guessed? Like it's very the energy of like 
unexpected bad news coming out of nowhere like fits the commanders right now so i think that's like the vibe there i don't know if we have a similar thing for the giants if they have a if something that applies as well um but yeah that's the, the final thing i had to say on that um i wanted to throw in one last thing like you reminded me on the eagles like of how i think you know off the top of your head how many teams have multiple first round picks already next year the eagles down eagles, the- texans um right uh, uh lions eagles texans lions Lion, seahawks right from yeah. the, the russell wilson trade the dolphins did but then they got hit with the penalties so now they right, don't right. anymore so like it's like typically i think there's like a rule of thumb like in and you could rewind this a year ago and say the giants right because the giants had two first round picks this past year but like typically you look at that and it's like oh those are those are teams that suck because they like gave something up and they're going to suck this year so like they're just banking on like replenishing whatever the eagles are the only team that are like a playoff contender that that have multiple first round picks next year like it's it's like they, they live at both ends of that spectrum which is just weird it's crazy that that and that was the case last year granted it was unknown whether the carson pick would, would be a first but still um which is good in one sense because you know fun season ahead but also the quarterback thing still <laughs> not being able to maybe be high enough but whatever problem for down the road right now uh the new york football giants rj well you actually wrote the new york football yeah, list football less yeah, yeah you don't so like I, to say the football you don't think they deserve the football well, I, I used to say the new york not so good at football giants but mm. you've now done them the new york football dash list there's no football, football. so then there's the new york giants the, yeah. the actual name exactly good for so, good for seo purposes right oh absolutely um can't say there's a lot going on with them. I was looking at Big Blue View. I was looking at their roster. They're really boring. Um, there was the tie rod injury, but it seems like he's going to be okay because they cut Davis Webb. It seems like I guess they would probably have kept him if Tyrod did get seriously hurt. Seeing a lot of these, you know, oh, Saquon's back articles, which I don't think we need to get into, but I think we're very skeptical about that. Can they have a day? Well, Kenny Galladay is a weird thing. They had a, a scary moment with Kayvon Thibodeau. Thankfully, he yes. seems to be okay. Um, I've seen a lot of like Terod Taylor is going to play at some point for the Giants this year. Let me say this now. If Terod Taylor and I like Terod Taylor and I think, you know, I think he's had a just unfortunate, you know, like ripple effect in his career ever since the Chargers incident that led to Justin Herbert starting like, like, how do you foresee that? You know what I mean? But um, if Terod Taylor plays for the Giants, that is a massive failure. Like, like, like why? Like the, the entire purpose of this year, if you're a Giants fan, you're not going to be good. You're not going to be a playoff contender. You you have to you have to use every opportunity to determine if Daniel Jones is worth keeping around or not. He doesn't have a fifth year option. He's in a contractor. You have to determine that. Forget about Saquon. Forget about Galladay. Forget about Kadarius Tony. Forget about Teron Taylor. This has to be Daniel Jones or bust. And and you have to you cannot live in the purgatory that Eagles fans feel like they're in with the quarterback. Yeah, this was like a similar situation to when the Eagles signed Joe Flacco last year, and I was like, mm. what's the point? Like and what they is, traded him. God, like how? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good move. But like signing him in the first place was dumb. For, they like doubled his salary, whatever. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. But the point was at the time, like there is no value. Like if Flacco comes into the game and I didn't think he was going to replace Hertz, like with Hertz getting bent so much as like, you know, if there's an injury, although if he did replace Hertz, whatever, there's just, there was no value in it. You know, there was no lot, like what meaning could you extract from him playing? The best case scenario is he's helping you win this year, but your roster isn't like good enough to really do anything serious anyway. So that doesn't matter a ton. So I think, yeah, that's a good point by you. It's a similar situation for the giants. The only thing I can think of is like, if Daniel Jones is at the point where it's just like, they can't even like, the, op- the offense can't like fun- function and they can't even like evaluate right. other players on the roster because he's just like sure such a disaster yeah. out there you get then, the spirit of my point yeah right yes I mean, then that, like, that is there's exceptions to the rule is the point yes for sure but uh on the whole agree 
And, you know, looking at their roster, I'm looking at, you know, their 53 on Big Blue View. You know, it's not that great. Um, they kept Darius Slayton for now, which was an interesting thing because there was thought he was going to get cut or traded. Maybe he still does. Kenny Galladay had, like, an awful preseason. I think he was my pick for, like, most underrated Giant. I was, like, trying to buy low on him and think he could bounce back. By all indications, coming out of Giants training camp and preseason, like, no. <laughs> like, I think, like, it's looking really bad for him. Um, so that's an issue. And then, uh, like, defensively, yeah, I don't know. I don't see a lot of juice here. I'm looking at their roster, and it's just – I've kind of, great. like I – mean, maybe I had these, like, glasses on, but I've kind of, like, flipped, you know, the way I feel about the Giants and the Commanders. Like, I could kind of see the Commanders, like – like, you know how we talk about, like, can you see the path? I can see the path to them being successful, right? And it isn't even, like – people People are so quick to jump to, like, oh, well, if Wentz is 2017 Wentz. No, like, if he's – I think if he's last year's Wentz, like – parts of it at least you know what i mean with terry mclaurin and Jahan dodson and you know we'll see what antonio gibson can offer in the run game like if that defense is is just somewhat improved obviously um chase young's on on the pup list to start the season but you can see a path like you could see a path to like nine wins and that being enough whatever um it's it's harder for me i have to squint a lot harder to see a path for the giants like i just like what like saquon goes off Saquon, Saquon like turns into like a 2000 yard rusher. Like what, what press you love to play the, what precedent is there game? What precedent is there for like a running back who was amazing as a rookie, then fell off a cliff and then returned. What, who, like, who was that? No, no, there isn't. And you know, I think he can be better than he's been the past couple of years. Sure. Cause he's probably healthier than he's been. Also because that's be, not hard to do. I'm right. Sure. I think he can be fine slash good, but he's not going to be, I don't buy him being special. And I, I, what I will say as a positive for the Giants, Giants fans, the Giants have no vibes right now, which I think is an improvement for them from all the bad vibes that they had for a long time. Washington, bad vibes. There's bad vibes down in Washington between Wentz and everything else going on off the field and Brian Robinson getting shot. Again, no, no one's fault, but like that's not like a good signal. That's not like an encouraging sign before the season. The Giants are in a good spot of kind of like they're flying on the ra- under the radar a little bit. No one's really hyping them up at all. Um, they're just kind of, Everyone knows the deal there, and I think they're in a decent spot this year. I think everyone understands that you know it's a it's a stepping stone kind of year for them, um, and uh, that's that's the best I can say is they have no vibes. I will take no vibes over bad vibes. I mean, I always want the, vibes. Who are the Giants of the AFC? The no vibes team. The no vibes because it's not stuff. the Jets. Like the Jets had all the Zach Wilson stuff. No. You know what I mean? Like who are the no? I think I have the answer, but I'm I'm gonna let you go first. Well, who is it? Because I need to figure it out. I think it's the Titans. Like no like the, bad vibes. You think they're bad? I mean, yeah. I would say like the Ray Raiders are kind of AJ in Brown, They get rid of him. No, I mean the Raiders are maybe the Bengals. Like I'm not saying they're equal, but like there's no vibes. Like there's nothing coming out of Cincinnati. It's just like yeah. they they exist. Like that that might be them. Um, they might I, be like the least hyped Super Bowl runner up in a long time. Yeah, like again, I'm not saying the expectations or talent levels or rosters are the same, but like there's just no talk about you know. Like um, in my fantasy league of record, uh, we have a keeper, like everyone gets to have a keeper. And my dad was asking me if he should keep Jamar Chase or Debo same. I was like, dude, how is this even like a question for you? Like no offense to Debo, but like keep Jamar. Um, so, you know, whatever. But um, let's finish with that with this game. So like who from a vibe standpoint, who is each team's foil in the other conference? We already established the Bengals or the Giants. We'll go in reverse order, obviously, because we've started this way. The commanders are the Raiders, maybe? Like kind of like wonky, weird. What's going on there? Like, I'm looking at the other. I'm looking at the other teams. Uh, I don't know. Let's bail on this. No, <laughs> I want. I, I can finish this. I can do this. Okay. Uh, the Commanders, I think, are the Raiders. I mean, 
I was going to say the Browns, but like that's not fair. Yeah. To the like it's, no, it's not. I, think, I mean, um, obviously to an umpteenth degree, but I think it's in that realm. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not the same thing. I would say you could argue the Ravens just a little bit from the like, what are you doing? Pay Lamar. Why is he talking about this on Twitter? Like you could kind of argue that. No. Uh, maybe the Titans, maybe they're the commanders. Like okay. there's some bad, you know, whatever. I okay, I can, I can land this plane. So the Titans are the commanders, the Eagles are the Bills. Like from a vibe standpoint, like hype, 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 promise, promise, promise. Everybody's in, in, in. I guarantee like you. Like the Dolphins, oh, honestly. That's fair, but again, I guarantee you a week from tomorrow for the listeners. So next Thursday on all the pregame shows, like kickoff shows, everyone's going to do their Super Bowl picks. There's going to be a ton of Bills Eagles. Of course. Um, so that's uh that's the Eagles Cowboys. Um, bad vibes team only got worse. I mean the Titans. <laughs> I mean we already said that. Um, I mean that's it. Though. I, I actually think the Raiders because the Alex Leatherwood thing was like okay. a big time L. Like I'm talking very very recently. Like you know what I mean. Like I know that has not a lot to do with like the current regime, but there's all this like Maybe oh my the gosh. Patriots. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, because there's all this like what are you doing? Like yeah. Matt, you know, like with Mac and Joe Judge, obviously and, you know like bad idea. Matt Patricia, yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay, uh, let's finish very, very strong for the listeners because we both have. I have to go. I don't know if you have to go. Um, number one, uh, I have three final questions for you. Number one, give us something that you promise to eat before next week's NFC's mixtape. Um, pork belly, soft bun, dumpling kind of thing. Soft bun. What do you? That call sounds that? amazing. Yeah. Holy crap. Place called uh, a Royal Izakaya in Philly, really good sushi okay, and other so, food. So you you promise to eat that before the mixtape next week. Yep. Okay. Number two, um, without giving it away, um, the thing that I said that people would enjoy if they enjoy you and I, give us another fun clue hint about that. Mm, well, sometimes in sports there are a lot of numbers, and you know it's it's good to keep track of those things. That's the I have no idea how that clue works, and I know, I know what you're talking about, so, so I have no idea. You know how numbers that, uh, that you keep track of. You look at the box score after um, the game. I don't think that works. I don't think that that's a play on the on things the way you think it is. But I at least understand what you're saying now. Uh, finally, um, I oftentimes ask for three um, words, three random words. I'm going to pivot from that. I'm going to ask you to give us three random. Um, desserts hmm. they can't be desserts. Re- they, but they can't be related to one another so like if you pick ice cream you can't right. pick any kind of dairy if you pick like a pastry that can be the only pastry you choose and these are all things that you eat for dessert so you can't pick a pastry that's also associated with yeah breakfast. so i'm gonna pick uh my grandma's she used to make this thing called like log cake and there was like these wafers oh, that and, sounds good yeah, it was really good um uh i'm gonna pick a chocolate chip cookie giant chocolate chip cookie like the big one you get in you know like that's like a pizza but like it's oh, like a like a cake like the, the cookie cake thing that people do yeah i mean yeah. I, I think that's a different enough from the log cake the log cake is like an actual kind of more so cakey thing so the log cake is not i'm envisioning like a like a twinkie size thing no it's, not it's uh i i'll have to send it to you it's it's tough to describe okay. i never understood like fully um what the deal was there uh but okay, we got good. log cake cookie cake both cakes so kind of failing the challenge but third one and then no it's the cookie cake's a giant cookie it's not a cake it's a giant cookie and then okay. uh and then why call it butter cake? perfection which is like the cold stone creamery uh chocolate and peanut butter ice Ooh. cream that i love a lot 
Okay, my absolute last question: Do you bite your cold treats like with your teeth? I have sensitive teeth. I can't do that. Yeah. I gotta okay, donkey lip it. Yeah, I think people that do that are psychos. So I agree. Um, do you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, um, limericks that you want to share with us? He is at Brandon Gowden on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Ochoa on Twitter and Instagram. BLG, send us home. I couldn't deny it. Give us three random words that have nothing to do with one another. Ready, set, go. One. Ten. It. <laughs> Doubly. Oops, right. put the wrong thing. <laughs> That's a good blooper. <laughs>